scripture reading, which is Psalm 45. And as we have learned for the past three meditations on this psalm, Psalm 45 is a wedding benediction. In fact, as the title reads, it is a love song. Yet the marriage which is being celebrated is unlike any earthly marriage because the subject is the Messiah, the Christ, and his bride. And thus Psalm 45 is, in all truth, a messianic psalm. In these final two verses of Psalm 45, verses 16 and 17, the psalmist turns his attention once again to the great king. And in these verses, we see the attention turning not to the marriage of the king and his bride, but to the kingdom which the king rules. And rules not only for a moment in time, but as verse 17 so indicates forever and ever. And by the fact that this kingdom is forever is undoubtedly revealing once again that the king who rules this kingdom is the Messiah, the Christ of the living God, who is himself the Son of God, eternal. But in addition to praising Christ as the king of his eternal kingdom, there is a promise made to Christ concerning concerning the certainty that he will have sons. He will have sons, meaning those who will be converted to him, transformed by him as his people. This promise in Psalm 45 in verse 16 is actually echoed, the import of it echoed in Isaiah 53 in verse 10 where Christ, we're told, shall see his seed. That is, all those for whom he died, remembering the context of Isaiah 53, all those for whom he died, he shall, that is, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall see every one of those people for whom he laid down his life. He shall see them redeemed. He shall see them reconciled to God. We also see this same assurance in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10, where Christ is said to be bringing many sons to glory. And from where do the sons come from? Where do they come from? Well, this takes us right back to Psalm 45. Verse 17, I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations, nations will do what? What does it say? They will praise you forever and ever. What we're reading there at the end of verse 17 in Psalm 45 is what we actually read with much, much greater clarity in Revelation chapter 5 in verse 9, as well as Revelation 7 in verse 9. Listen to Revelation 5 and verse 
9. And they sang a new song. Now, who are they singing this song to? Well, you go back, you read the full context of Revelation 5. They're singing this song to Christ. They're singing this song to the Son of God. Okay? Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That is just echoing what we're reading in Psalm 45 and verse 17. But also consider Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. This is always a favorite go-to text for me when talking about the absolute certainty, the assurance of everything Christ did to save his people from their sins. John the Apostle writes and says, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. Now just pause there and think about that. A great multitude that no one can number. In other words, what John is saying is no man can count that high. Go ahead. Expand your imagination. You can't calculate these numbers. No one can count this high. Well, where are they from? John tells us. From every nation. From all tribes and peoples and languages. And what are they doing? They're standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What Psalm 45 is saying at the end, and what it, listen, what is promising at the end is prophetic. It's prophetic because it's pointing to the end of all time, to the end of all the ages when Christ returns, when Christ ushers in the new heavens, the new earth, when all the redeemed of God are gathered together, all of the one people of God gathered together, and Psalm 45 and verse 17 says, the nations will praise you forever and ever. And what does is, what is the Holy Spirit show John the Apostle? He shows him that very thing. The nations are praising. They're praising the Lamb Forever and ever. Forever and ever. We can't really fathom what a day like that's going to be. What that day is going to be like. We, as the people of God, should look very forward to it. We should think often of it more often of, of that gathering than we do any other gathering in all this world.
But that gathering on that day is actually being anticipated every time this gathering happens every week on the Lord's Day. Because what we're doing here today in this small gathering, because clearly I think we can count how many people are here. It's not a number that no man can number. But nevertheless, it is a microcosm of the great the great host of all the redeemed. But as I just said, what we're doing here today, in this time of worshiping the Lord, this time of singing his praises, we are anticipating the great day when we'll be gathered with all of God's elect, with all the redeemed, out of every nation, tribe, and tongue, and with one great voice, with one great voice, wow. Talk about a choir. There's your choir. And nothing in this world will be able to compare to that. With one voice singing, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And for the people of God, for us here right now at this moment in time, we get to be a part of that. We're going to be a part of that. We need to be thinking more often of that than we do anything else that is, that is fixed and that is bound by this time and this place and this generation that's here today and gone tomorrow. We need to have that eternal perspective. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for great redemptive promises and redemptive pictures and your inspired word that give us, Lord, these glimpses of the glory to come that right now we can only read about and we can anticipate, but we've yet to taste it. We've yet to truly experience it, certainly not in its fullness. But, oh, Lord, how we look forward to that. How we look forward to that day when all of the people of God from all ages in all of human history will be gathered as one people and with one voice and with one heart singing your praises, Holy Father, and the praises of your Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. By the power of the Blessed Spirit in perfected glory indwelling us all, Heavenly Father, thank you for just a glimpse of this today. And thank you for a day like this day, the Lord's Day, that every week 
As your people, Lord, we do indeed get to anticipate the coming glory, the eternal Sabbath rest. And we pray, therefore, that as we do sing your praises here during this time, during this hour, let us do so, Lord, we pray by your grace with that greater vision of the glory that Christ is bringing with him when he returns and when he gathers us together with himself and with all of his redeemed that we are a part of as the one great body of Christ. We thank you, Holy Father, for such majestic splendor that is your glory the glory of the eternal triune God. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen.